0: Good and there we go now good morning there we go got that right we begin our service by singing the doxology which is found in the red hymnal number 549 the doxology which is found in the red hymnal number 549 Hymn number 633. Why are the nations assembling, the peoples mustering troops, the kings of the earth declaring positions? The rulers consult together against the Lord, against his anointed. Let us tear off their fetters, let us cast off their bonds. He who dwells in the heavens is laughing, the master derides them all. He speaks to them in his wrath, in his anger he puts them in fear. I have anointed my king, O Zion, my holy hill. Let me proclaim the decree of the Lord, he told them. You are my son today. I bring you to birth. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 480, Savior Like a Shepherd, Lead Us. Number 480, Savior Like a Shepherd, Lead Us. Please be seated. Let us go together in the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious God, Lord, we are so thankful for the way that you have brought us all here. And Lord, we individually have many different challenges, things that we're trying to overcome, things that we're trying to figure out. And God, I would ask that you would give us that wisdom and that discernment that can only come from your presence in our lives and to help us with those things, to give us that understanding that we need to have and that desire to make the right decisions not only for us but for those that are in our lives. And Lord, we lift up those requests to you. Lord, we think of other patients throughout this medical center. We think of the staff that is working here today, the family members that will be visiting. Lord, we lift them up to you in the same way. They, too, are trying to figure out different types of circumstances in their lives. And, God, we would ask that you would give them that same discernment and wisdom and understanding that they need. And, God, you remind us again and again that there is no need too small or no need too big that we can't pray to you in prayer. And, Lord, remind us of that, not just during this time of worship, but during the day that you want us just to call out to you in prayer, silently, for the things that we are trying to work through. And Lord, we are so grateful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 485, Take My Life and Let It Be. Take My Life and Let It Be. of Matthew, chapter 28, beginning with verse 18. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember... I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful for the hymns that we have sung together, the prayers that we have offered, the scriptures that we have read. And Lord, I would just ask that we would continue to dedicate this time to you as an act of worship, and that you would receive it individually from all of us together. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, the last week or so I've been away, took some vacation, and uh, I was trying to figure out a cute way to describe where I've been, so I left the rat race and I went to the place where the mouse is. Does that make sense? Can anybody not figure that out? I left the rat race and I went to the place where the mouse is. And I went to the place where the mouse is in Florida, so I didn't go to the one in California. I went to where the mouse was in Florida. And so... It was interesting, as we were there for a couple of days, and we were with one of our families, uh, my son, his wife, and, and their four children. One of the children, as we were walking, he was beginning to ask me all these questions, and he's at that age where the questions are just nonstop. In fact, I must admit, he reminds me of myself because he wants to know what's going to happen next. So in other words, he wants to know, okay, Grandpa, what are we doing today? Tell them, okay, what are we going to do after that? What are we going to do after that? What are we going to do after that? And so I was commenting to my wife, I'm like, you know what, I guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because I ask those very same questions. But because I'm an adult, they're not annoying, right? Wrong. Wrong. And so I was laughing with Lynn about about our grandson asking those questions because he always wants to have in his head what's planned out. He always wants to know what's going on in advance. And I think all of us in many ways are like that. We all want to know what's going to happen in advance. We're always trying to figure out within our lives what's next. But God also wants us to enjoy the present moment that we have. And we've talked about before in this chapel that The present moment is all we have together. And what's interesting is I find it very special when people come to worship because you are sharing your time not only with me, but with each other. And as you get older, and as I am getting older, time becomes more precious, does it not? Time becomes more valued because you realize not that time is short, but time is shorter than it was before as we as we grow old. Amen? Okay, yeah. So we think about those things, like, okay, Lord, you're going to give me 10 more years, you're going to give me 15 more years, you're going to give me 20 more years. And so all of a sudden, time has a value that it wasn't before when we were younger. And so as we were thinking about the things that were taking place there at the, at the place with the mouse, And as my grandson was asking those questions, I paused to think about, why do we want to know what's next? And I think part of it is for us to understand that we want to have some type of significance and purpose in this life. I think all of us desire to have what is more than what it appears to be. I think all of us want to have that purpose and that significance, even if it's in a small place, even if it's in a small role. We all want to have a sense of value about ourselves in terms of who we are. and So therefore we're trying to anticipate what's going to happen next because maybe somehow we can add some type of value to that or we can add some type of purpose to it or we can add some type of feeling and understanding of significance for what's going to happen next. And so we want to pre-plan. Now, we probably don't think of it in those terms. You know, when we ask questions about what's going to happen next, when are we going to eat, what's going to be on the TV later on, all those kind of things. But I think it's important for us to realize that many times, even though we may not cognitively be asking the question, our behavior is dictating that. Our behavior is saying, you know, I want to have some kind of significance. I want to have some type of purpose. Basically, I want life to have some type of meaning and the scriptures remind us that as Christ is telling his disciples he's also telling us that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth and as followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he gives us a command he gives us his intent and for those of us who have served in the military I think we understand what a commander's intent is and hopefully If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, that Christ is the commander-in-chief in your life and that you understand the commander's intent. And he wants us to go out to everyone. He wants us to make disciples everywhere. He wants to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he reminds us that our mission is to teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always even to the end of the age. God is with us every day, every moment of every day by the presence of his Holy Spirit in our lives. And that should give us that significance that we want to have. That should give us enough contentment that we say, Lord, we thank you and I thank you for the place in which you have put me, that you've given me that significance, you've given me that purpose, you've given me that understanding. But if you're anyone like me, and I'm not asking you to be like me, I think we always are looking and striving for something a little bit more than that. We're looking for something that goes kind of beyond who we are. Perhaps maybe we think that we deserve it. Perhaps we think that we are smarter than the average bear, and then there should be a sense that we should have more of what's going on. We should have more significance. We should have a more place and being and purpose. But God tells us, just by this scripture, that he gives us a very simple truth for you and I to observe. And to be content in that truth. To have that sense of significance in which he has called each and every one of us. He has called us to be one of his followers. Because each of us is very special to God. All of us are equal in the eyes of God. None of us is any better. None of us are any worse. Our righteousness is truly as filthy rags. In fact, for me personally, I have a little pet peeve and that is those people that walk around with self-righteousness that they think that they're better than everyone else. But God reminds us that we are all equal in his eyes. And we have all been given the same command. God all wants us to follow him and every aspect of our lives because then we find that contentment then we find that significance that we're all looking for and it comes with being invited and Christ through the presence of his Holy Spirit is inviting each and every one of us for none of us have been forsaken that significance that we have in Christ rests in the fact that God wants you to be one of his sons or one of his daughters and in that We are to find that contentment and understand the significance and the purpose that God has for us. And it is never a numbers game with God. In fact, there have been a couple times when people have commented here, not that I am some great person that preaches great sermons, but they've asked me, is this all you do is come here and take care of patients and preach on Sunday morning? And I say yes. And there's almost a sense of I don't want to say, what a, what a waste, but there's a sentence of, don't you want to do something greater than that? Don't you want to do something bigger than that? And the answer to that question is no. Because each and every one of you is just as significant as anyone else. And whether I have all of you here, or whether there's only one, and sometimes there's only been one, you get the same message, you get the same treatment. But I must admit that when there's more than one, You kind of feed off the crowd, right? You appreciate, you have that sense of, hey, you know what? Somebody's listening to me out there, and this is pretty cool. But within our own lives, though, the contentment and the significance that God wants us to understand is that each and every one of us are equal in God's eyes, and that we've been given that same command, that very same command to be a follower of Jesus Christ and to go out into all the world and to tell other people, the way god has loved us through his son jesus christ and then we find that significance that god wants us to have we find that purpose we have that sense that god has truly invited each and every one of us the scriptures give us the parable of the wedding banquet where everything was set up and the guests were invited and no guests were no guests came do you remember that parable and the person that was setting up the banquet told the, told the people to go out and invite everybody you can. I don't care who they are. I don't care what walk of life they come from. Everybody is welcome to come to this banquet. And woe to those who were invited that did not come. And in the same way, God invites each and every one of us. Because we are that special. We are that important that God wants us to come and to feast with him in terms of the presence of his Holy Spirit in our lives. And we find that significance because we are invited to be one with him. And within that relationship, we sense a presence of God in our lives, and we're like, wow, God, I didn't know it could be like this. I, I didn't know, God, I could draw this close to you. And then when we ask our questions about God, what is next for me? What am I going to be doing tomorrow? What am I going to be doing next week? What am I going to be doing next month? What am I going to be doing next year? We still ask those questions, but there's not that sense of frustration when we ask them. Because we ask them with all confidence that God will take care of those things for us step by step. We do those things that we need to do. We have a responsibility to be aware of our actions, to control those things within our lives that we can control. But there's so much in our life that is outside our control, and that's where we need to put our trust. That's where we need to put our faith. For God to give us the wisdom and the things that we can control in terms of how we relate to each other, how we respond to one another, how we love one another. But then there's that other part of things that we can't control, which is just kind of out there going around, and we get so wound up and uptight about those things that we can't even begin to influence and touch. And that's where prayer comes in. Because it is through prayer that we can influence those things that we cannot touch. It is in prayer that we find our way in terms of the significance and the purpose and the contentment that God wants us to have, that we can do something about the greater world that you and I are a part of. We have our own individual interactions that we do, and God reminds us again and again that we are to do so in love, embracing one another. But that doesn't mean that we disavow the principles that we have. What it does mean is, if you and I want to have a virtuous life, in other words, a good life, is that we have to have understanding. And one of the things I think that we need to understand is that God does love us just for who we are. All the things that we have done wrong, all the things that we have messed up, God still loves us. And that love never goes away. That sense of significance never goes away. Because God wants to play a significant part in your life. God wants to give you that purpose. God wants to give you that contentment that all of us are searching for. And then we see as we're invited to that very special relationship through His Son, Jesus Christ, that we can sense God's understanding in our lives. We still ask questions, but those questions now become less because we have the faith that we never thought that we could have before. We have that discernment and that understanding. And we begin to live a virtuous life, one that is reflective of our true relationship with God in terms of how we interact with each other. And then we see... God's working in our lives. As we try to make the best decisions that we possibly can, all of a sudden we get a sense of insight and a sense of vision that we've never had before because now we're not just looking at ourselves. We are looking at others. We're looking at God and how we interact with all of those things. And God gives us a sense of understanding and vision that we never thought we could have. And then with all of that and all of that taking place, we just see, wow, God, thank you so much. And we reflect on the glory of God in our lives, the glory of God that God wants us to respond to every day, just to praise him, just to thank him. And we do that when we come here to worship. We do our best to sing hymns to praise God, to read the scriptures to praise God, to offer our prayers to praise God we offer sermons with the purpose to praise God and just to thank him for this time that we've had in worship. And then we see within our own lives all the things that we want to pursue, the causes that God has given us to maybe be that significant person in that relationship or play that very small role, but yet within that role, there's a sense of greater significance and purpose that God wants you to interact. And you and I can change people's lives for the better just by being who we are in Christ. Because we need to understand that God has called you and me to that sense of significance and purpose. And it is a privilege. It is a privilege and an honor to be one with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. It is something that you and I need to ponder and respect and just to say thank you Thank you, God, for forgiving me and for loving me just the way that I am. Because you know I've made mistakes, God. You know that I constantly get it wrong more times than I get it right. But I want to thank you for the way that you love me and the way that you care for me. And as we've talked about before in this chapel, then we see the little miracles that begin to take place in our lives. The interaction that we have with other people. The things that take place that can only come from God and understanding that in that relationship, we can sense that presence of God. And it's almost like God reaches down and touches us and says, hey, you know what? A miracle is going to happen in your life. It may not be defined as something miraculous, but you know what? We have a lot of little miracles that are taking place all around us. And we just need to ask God to give us the, the vision to see those things, to see the blessings that he has provided for us. One of the things that we did with the place with the mouse is we went out to see the fireworks on on the lake that is there. And it's a very kind of special trip. And we're actually given kind of a, what would you call him? A, um, well, someone to make the cruise a little bit more livelier and entertaining. And his name is Patch the Pirate. And so Pastor Pirate was on this little small boat with us and kind of making us think about all the different things that was taking place. And one of the things that he shared is he shared with his own personal life experience about how, and he didn't say God, right, because we're kind of neutral in there, but he was just talking about how he was being blessed by what he does and then what's taking place in his family's life. And I think all of us were touched by that. Because he was finding a sense of significance in what he was doing, even though he was in his work, even though he was in his role. He was playing Patch the Pirate. But I think there was a sense that he had, that, he had that, that purpose, he had that significance, and he had that sense of contentment that allowed him to enjoy what he was doing. And in the same way, if you want some type of measuring stick or rod in terms of where you are at in terms of your contentment and your significance... In your everyday lives, do you have that sense of purpose that God has given you? Do you feel good where you are right now? Do you have that sense of understanding that God has placed you where you are because he just wants you to work through some things to make your life better and to be open to those things that you might be learning that might make your life better? And that's really what God wants us to do every day is to have that sense of significance, to have that purpose, to have that contentment, so that you and I can go forth and do the things that God wants us to do. And that he's always with us, he has never forsaken us, and until we are reunited with him, the presence of his spirit will be with us. So it's my hope and prayer as we go forth the rest of this day, and as we go forth in this week that we really understand that you have significance, you have purpose, I have significance, I have purpose. And in there we find the contentment that we have with God through his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion, where it gives us a wonderful opportunity to just to say hey God I thank you that I am significant I thank you that you've given me a purpose I thank it you that you've invited me to be at the banquet table with you and to share your love let us pray our gracious God we are so thankful that you love us and that you care for us just the way we are and God I would ask that you would give us that sense of significance that we need to have so that we can understand how it is to walk closer to you with the time that you've given us. Thank you, God, for forgiving us and loving us just the way we are and giving us that sense of significance. In Christ's name, amen. given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let us partake together and the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes let us partake together of your best to the master is hymn number 476.
1: Adoration. Give him the best that you have. Give of your best to the Master. Give of the strength of your youth.
0: Clad in salvation's beloved armor.
1: Join in the battle for
0: truth. You know, the story behind that hymn is... One of the previous chaplains that used to work here, that was his favorite hymn, and he was a recovering, prescription drug user, and alcoholic, and after he came back through his program, that was his favorite hymn, and he'd like to sing it as many times as he could. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you've reminded us of the significance and the purpose and the contentment that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to live our lives that way. And now, may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts.